Last week, I had to call the police. Thankfully, I've never had to call the police before for several reasons. First of all, they record the calls. So uh, it gives me anxiety. What if I say something stupid and then I end up on one of these crime shows? I'm I'm the idiot that screwed up the 911 call because there's no consistency. Like sometimes they go, uh, 911, where's the emergency? And then sometimes it's 911, what's the emergency? Now, what if I, I'm all excited and they go, 911, where's the emergency? I'm like, somebody's been shot. And they're like, no, 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 where, where is it? Where is it? And then I'm, I'm the guy on the show that couldn't get it right. And everyone makes fun of me. But I, I, I didn't call 911. I called the non-emergency. There's a non-emergency, uh, line you can call in Los Angeles for th- things like, well, in this case, a woman was dancing in the middle of the street. A woman had a suitcase. She took out all the contents, threw them all over the street and was dancing. Now, clearly there was something a little bit off about this person. I don't want to say more than that because this episode is about cancel culture. And I don't, I don't want to get in trouble on the episode about cancel culture because I think cancel culture has gone too far. And I think if it goes too far, it takes away the weight from the real things that should be canceled. But I called the non-emergency number. First, you have to Google it. And it took 11 minutes to get somebody on the phone. It was like, it was calling, like calling tech support. I kept hearing the message. Oh, we have longer, longer waits than normal. Somebody will be with you momentarily. I'm like, I'm trying to call the police. Where, Where are the police? Finally, somebody picks up. And, and I, I just want to give them the location and let them know somebody is dancing in the street and it's in an area where people drive fast and sh- she's going to get hit. And I was videotaping it. And I told him, I, I, I feel like I'm videotaping uh, somebody about to be killed. Could you just please come up here? And she said, well, uh, the woman said, first of all, uh, is the person dancing in the street, is she white, black, Hispanic? I said, she's dancing. In the middle of the street. What? what does it matter what she is? She's the person dancing in the middle of the street. So then she said, well, is she exhibiting signs of COVID? I said, she's dancing in the middle of the street. She's the only one dancing in the middle of the street. It's not like there's another person uh, next door safely dancing in the middle of the street. This She's the only one. It doesn't matter what she looks like. doesn't matter if she has COVID. Send the police. Could we get somebody up here? Then let's decide if she's exhibiting signs of COVID. I don't even know what that means. As far as I'm concerned, everybody's exhibiting signs of COVID. I waited for an hour. The police never showed up. I'm like, send the police. Send the police. I'm I'm losing my mind. What's wrong with this world? What's his name, Kev? Arnie. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Episode 20. <laughs> What's wrong with Orny Adams? We have a, I have a lot to go on. I, I, I was up all night. All night. I'm bringing this down. I was up all night thinking about this episode because I'm going to talk about some controversial stuff. Like, what's wrong with cancel culture? Is it time to cancel cancel culture? What's wrong with calling the LAPD uh, non-emergency line? What's wrong with the Cecil Hotel and this documentary about this missing woman that was found in the water tank? I've so much. And, oh, of course, 
at the end. What's wrong with divorcing Phil Collins? So, fun-packed episode. It's been a while. Thank you for coming back. If it's your first time, thank you for joining me. If you're curious about a lot of obscure things, welcome home. This is your this is your podcast. This is this is where you should be because my brain is running all the time. I used to have a podcast called Brain Noise, and then that sort of became uh, What's Wrong with Orny Adams. I think it was called My Crappy Week. I had one. Uh, you know, sometimes I wish I had so little going on in my mind I could actually enjoy it. That that would give me pleasure. That would give me pleasure. So this week, let's see, I, I, I did. I called the non-emergency uh, police line. I, I knew I, I shouldn't call 911. And first you have to Google to get the number because it's not like there's 911 and then there's 111, which would make sense. Could the police make it easier for us to call the non-emergency uh, number? It's this, ready? It's one eight seven seven ask lapd So it's such a non-emergency. First of all, they couldn't get the 800 number or the, the or just dial 111. It's ask LAPD. So now woman's dancing in the middle of the street. She's going to get hit. And I'm trying to find what, what letter on my numeric keypad uh, aligns with K. It's absurd. I was on hold for 11 minutes. The questions I was being asked, I was like, could you just please send somebody up here? Just please send somebody up here. There's somebody dancing in the street. She's going to get killed. I, I waited for an hour. Okay, I took an hour out of my not-so-busy life, and the police never showed up. Never showed up. Do you realize how scary is this? I live in a city where we don't even have the resources to send a police officer to just drive by. We don't have people cruising around the neighborhoods. They're all tied up. This is scary. This is this is scary times. It, it, it really is. I, I don't want to ever, ever have to call the police here for anything. An emergency. Somebody's house was broken into that I know. Recently, they were home. Somebody was breaking into the house. The police didn't even come for that. I, I, I am not, I'm not making this up. It's scary, scary times. Here's something that's bothering me, and it's uh, apologies. These insincere, fake apologies. We're going to talk a lot about cancer culture. Where? I am. I'm going to talk a lot on this episode, and hopefully you'll listen. I notice a lot of people screw up or sort of screw up. It feels like yet there's a lot of apologizing going on nowadays, to the point now where... Uh, that's a motorcycle. People are apologizing. If you don't know, I, I am, uh, and I'm recording video for this episode too, so you can go on YouTube or Facebook and there'll be some little clips on Instagram and Twitter. Um, it used to be an apology meant something. Like it was like, it was tough to get somebody to apologize. Now we got people apologizing. I'm pretty sure most people are apologizing for things they don't even feel like they should be apologizing for. They just, they just say it. And Along the ways, there was a publicist that wrote a very sort of simple apology. So now, whenever anybody uh, in the limelight screws up, they make an apology that sounds something sort of like this. Tweet from December apologized for what Caliphate missed. We are correcting the record, she said, and I commit to doing better in the future. She declined our request for comment. Commit to doing better 
in the future. How many times have you heard that in some sort of form, some iteration? Uh, I'm sorry, I screwed up. I'm seeking counseling. I'll do better in the future. I'm so sick of apologies. And now I notice a lot of people apologize to me for shit that doesn't even warrant an apology. I couldn't sleep last night. It was one of those nights where my mind just kept running, which is why I find it difficult to do anything anymore. Because once I start something, there's no just on off switch. It's, well, it's motorcycle day. It's just all in. And then I'm up all night. You know, I'm doing a piece on uh, Phil Collins. Who? Exactly. Phil Collins. So now I'm researching that. I'm researching Miami. I just keep, it keeps going and going. I'm so, I'm curious. And I always treated my comedy in, in this art expression as an opportunity to learn about subjects and dig in deep. And I always consider my stand-up act, in, in a sense, a dissertation. So I enjoy it. I was up, but, but I couldn't, it was one of those, I sleep for an hour, wake up on the phone during research, sleep for an hour, wake up. Oh, maybe I should look into this, look into this. Then I'm writing notes and I'm just like, oh, is it worth it? Is it worth it for this podcast to put myself through this? And the answer is yes, because if I didn't, I, I, I'd have no life. And it's important that I have a life and I have a purpose and I like to learn, but I, I do like to sleep and I wish I had a full maybe six continuous hours of sleep last night. But I didn't. And then I was talking to a friend and I said, I couldn't sleep last night. And she said, I'm sorry you couldn't sleep. Sorry I couldn't sleep. Are you really sorry I couldn't sleep? I don't think so. I don't think you are. It's just, you're just saying it because you think you should say it. I hurt my foot. I'm sorry you hurt your foot. You don't really care that I lost my foot. People are apologizing for way too many things and without sincerity. Like, let's let's bring back sorry to, to, to mean something, to have weight. If something really tragic happens, you say, so, sorry about your loss. I'm sorry that, you know, your grandparent passed away. I can only imagine how that feels. That that feels sincere, but this just sorry, sorry, you sort of screw up. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just so sick of it. I, I really am. That's what's wrong with the, the the apology culture we have going on now. And what it leads to, and what I'm trying to sort of uh segue into is is cancer culture. It feels like we're over canceling right now. And some things, it's weird because now I've been trained. Like I was watching another, I don't know why uh, Shark Tank comes up. I, I think it's because I don't watch Shark Tank, but I, I, I watch another show um, on American Greed. And sometimes they have like the last minute of Shark Tank on there. And the other day, uh, there was some sort of like device. It might've been like a scooter and it folds up and you put it in your trunk and it was like really cool. And Kevin O'Leary decides to give it a test and then he tries to fold it up and it's too heavy. And he says, ready for this? Uh-oh, ready? He said, this is really heaven. Uh, heavy, heaven. This is really heavy. How are women going to be able to lift this and put it in the trunk? And I thought, oh no. Oh, no, this must be a repeat because you can't say this nowadays. Even though there might be some truth to it that some women can't lift it, there are probably some women that can can lift it, lift more than Kevin. 
In fact, I would say 72% of women on this planet uh, have more muscles than Kevin O'Leary. But the thing is, like, he didn't mean it in a malicious way, but it's sort of ingrained in our society that women aren't as strong. And that is being corrected, which is great because there are women out there that are stronger than me. And I watch some of these women, uh, that the fighters, MMA fighters, and they could kick my ass. In fact, I would, I would guess 72% of women on this planet could kick my ass. But it's ingrained. And if you watch old episodes of sitcoms, I was watching the Flintstones the other day just because I was curious. And the, the tropes, the, 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 the way they attack marriage, it's the way I grew up understanding marriage. Because I'm watching the Flintstones and she's, Wilma's always upset at Fred. Fred's always screwing up, doesn't want to come home after work. Like you can see how it becomes part of us. So we're relearning, which is great. But we're jumping on, I think, too many people. This is my opinion. You don't have to agree with my opinion. You can jump on my opinion, but I'm trying to lead a discussion or or get people to think maybe in a little bit of a different way. Like maybe it's time to think some of this stuff out. Like how bad is this? Do we have to ruin people's lives over small things? I don't think so. I, I think it's, I think you have to cancel the right people. There are certain people that have been canceled. I won't say their names because they disgust me. Some of the, some of them are in prison for rape that were in show business and they should have been canceled. And that's what cancel culture is good for. That's what we should, but a little slip of the tongue, a little sort of making fun of things that, that happen in your life that may sort of touch upon a group of people and everyone calls it out for being sensitive. Like, I have a friend, another friend tells me every day, who's canceled? I'm like, why, why, what did that person do? Like, I'm, I'm confused half the time. I'm like, why did that person? And this has bothered me for a long time. And I didn't know how to sort of bring this up. Like, I needed a solid example because a lot of the times people have been canceled, but you you think, I, I can see it both ways and I, I'm not going to put my reputation out there and I'm not going to say something and I'm not going to get in trouble and defend this person. It's not worth it to me. I'm going to, I'm going to stay over here. That's how I've done most of my career. Like, for me, kind of a blessing. I I, I I didn't reach like some sort of status where I, I'm being attacked a lot. And I have a, a sense of freedom because of that. Although I wish I got to a point where I could say whatever I wanted to say. Because it seems some people get away with saying whatever they want. Which that should be studied too. Why do certain people get away with saying whatever they want? And other people, you know, get attacked and canceled right away. So I feel very comfortable with where I am that, you know, I'll say some things and I know I'm not being heavily investigated, thankfully. And I, maybe people don't care enough to try and go get after me. But I do feel like, honestly, there are times I look at what's trending on Twitter or on social media. I'm like, I don't, I'm a little confused. And then I see people attacking the person as if they know firsthand. You're not there. You don't know. And I'm saying, let's let it breathe. Let's. Let's think this through. So I finally, finally, because I've had these thoughts. I'm taking, I took a sip of something. That was loud. Hold on. Let's see if I can do it. I've got ice in my drink, so I'm sort of working around the ice with my lips. How sexy is that? Was that better? Um, <clears throat> yeah, this has bothered me for a long time because it's like, all right, now we got people who have dedicated their lives to just canceling people, ruining people, waking up going, what's the latest hashtag? Who are we, who are we, getting, who are we getting today? 
Who are we knocking out? Whose life are we ruining? And I think that's not healthy. If that becomes your purpose, well, I think you got to look inside and investigate. What, what is your need to go after other people? Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners in thought. And I hope someday in the future we can read thoughts so we can all just finally come to the realization that we're all dirtbags at all at certain times in our lives. And we need to just forgive. Now, again, horrible people out there. There are murderers. There are rapists. There are people who are dead-on misogynists. There are people that hate groups of people. They're racist. Yes. Don't support them. Don't support them. But there are shades. Not of that, but there are shades of other. I, I, I don't get this story. And then I'll ask people, like, and they'll secretly go, I don't get it either. I'm like, well, a lot of people on social media do. They've, they've ruined this person. And they haven't really maybe given it thought. It's like they, they, they people just, oh, I, I have a purpose today. It's ruining somebody's life. Like, think about how absurd that is. And I think in 10 years, we're going to look back at the time and say, maybe it went too far. But sometimes you have to take things too far in order to bring it back. And that's what comedy does. We go too far on purpose. Sometimes we know what we're doing. We we want to get that, oh, oh, whoa, what did he just say? We're looking for that reaction because we're going to work off of that reaction to make a point. But you're not letting us even get to that point. It's like, we want to say it so you go, ooh, ah, I don't, what? Oh, that doesn't make me comfortable. And then we sort of explain th- through, you know, parody or, or uh, you know, uh, satire why we said that. Or we're mocking. We're playing a character. Like certain people are allowed to play a character and they get away with it. Like you're like a, like a Borat. Do we hate Sasha? No, but we can hate Borat and he's using satire to prove that. Sometimes I think I should just do, if I go back into comedy just to be safe, I, I think I'll just become a ventriloquist. I'll just become, I, I've just, I've built this character. It's called um, Mr. Mr. Sock Puppet. Is that what I, what did I call it? Oh, Mr. Uh, I think it's Mr. Sock Pocket Puppet. Mr. Sock if it isn't, I'll change it later. This is, I'm introducing a new character, uh, my podcast. It's, look at this, Mr. Sock Puppet. Huh? That way I can say controversial things, but it's not me saying it. It's it's Mr. Sock Puppet. Right? Like, like watch this. Uh, 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 you know, I was, I was this, this broad the other day. What? What did you just say, Mr. Sock Puppet? Did you say broad? That's what I did. You can't say that, Mr. Sock Puppet. How dare you? But go on with the story. So I was sitting there in this broad. She gave me the dirtiest look. I mean, I think she was crazy. Mr. Sock Puppet, you can't call women crazy. What are you do white sock puppet moving its mouth when I'm speaking. Mr. Now I gotta move its mouth. Mr. Sock Puppet. One time I, I was on stage in New York City and I told something and it got the ooh reaction. And so right there I ripped. I wish I had this on tape. I bet I do somewhere. But uh if you think I'm gonna uh go through boxes and boxes of tapes and hours and, and, and find anything from my past, 
Uh, No, not happening. But I ripped off my shoe, pulled out my sock, and I put it on, and I did my whole act as as a as a sock puppet, Mister Sock Puppet, Mister Sock Puppet, because that's what ventriloquists do. Like not all of them, but some of them, their their puppets say naughty things, and then they scold it. No, Mister Mister Sock Puppet, you can't, you can't say that. What are you saying? Because you need to be sensitive to people. You're going to hurt their feelings. I don't give a shit about, I don't give a shit about people. Mr. Sock Puppet, you can't say that in this day and age. That's horrible. You're a horrible... <laughs> Mr. Sock Puppet, you have to care. You have to have empathy. I don't give a shit about empathy. I don't care about any of these people. Mr. Sock Puppet, you're horrible. That's what I'm going to do. I'll do everything as, as Mr. Sock Puppet. Yeah. Oh, its mouth is coming off again. Yeah. I was going to use a white sock, but then I thought, oh, I'm going to hear, why is your Mr. Sock Puppet white? So It's blue. I was going to do that later in the uh, podcast. But I don't know what. I don't think, you know, I have too many thoughts and I don't know how to organize all this stuff. And I do this on stage too. Uh, what I do is I, I have all these thoughts and then however it comes out. That's why I never want to tape specials because I never know the order is going to change depending on my mood, depending on a, an expression I see in an audience member's face or a reaction one uh, bit gets makes me want to go into a different direction than I had mapped out. So it's impossible. That's why I hate recorded comedy. But I also don't want to fly to a different place every week and do it. Anyway, here's here's an apology I got on Instagram. I get a lot of emails. I want everyone to know I get a lot of emails on Instagram. I have uh, quite a few followers and it ends up in some weird envelope, envelope, some folder, some section of Instagram where they don't know if I've read it unless I accept it. And once I accept it, then now we're best friends. Now we can just DM each other all the time. Well, I don't want that. But I, I wish I could just respond once. I wish I had a respond once button. Then I would just, you know, respond and say, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. That's nice to hear. I'm glad you, most of it's a lot of Teen Wolf. And I got to be honest with you. I love that show. I'm proud of that show. And I love that you guys are still watching it. Please keep watching it. But there are just certain things in my life I don't discuss anymore. And I don't want to discuss why I hated a fake character called Greenberg. But I I get a lot of these. And I suspect a lot of people are young. And I also don't communicate with young people because to me, that's creepy. If I had a daughter or really a younger sister or even a friend who was younger and she was communicating with a, a middle-aged dude who was on a TV show and he's responding, it's inappropriate, no matter wh- how you put it. So I get a lot of this. Ready for this? And I don't even know what this means. This is a message on Instagram. Hey, you have swag? Question mark? Question mark? This is a female. I don't know what that means. Swag. Swag used to mean, uh, you know, gifts. Like you'd work at the Oscars and get a swag bag or something. So she says, according to her name, because it's a female name. Hey, you have swag? Question mark? Question mark? A couple hours later. How much swag you have? Question mark? Question mark? Some emoji. Hey, you there? Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Another day. How much swag? Question mark, question mark. Is swag code for something? Then she wrote, you ready for this? That's why you know reply. 
comma, loser. Uh, two hashtags, something with a hand and some weird face that I don't know what hashtags mean. But listen to this. I assume this is maybe somebody out of the country. That's why you know reply. What I like about this is that grammar is horrific. Horrific. But maybe, you know, English is not her native language. But she puts a comma in there. So she sort of wants to be grammatically correct. That's why you know reply, comma, loser. So I, I kind of want to reach out to her and say, I'd like to help. I don't have swag, but I can help you with your grammar. So then a few days later, dot, dot, dot. Hey, my father said I should apologize for saying you have no swag. Sorry so much. Okay, she's definitely not in this country because she wrote apologize, G-I-S-E. In America, we uh, use a Z. But uh, I, I'm glad her dad made her apologize. She should have said something more like this. Her most this. recent tweet from December apologized for what Caliphate missed. We are correcting the record, she said, and I commit to doing better in the future. That's right. Your dad needs to tell you that you should commit to doing better in the future. That's how absurd we've gotten. I don't care. I don't care if she asks me if I have swag. I don't care if she calls me a loser. I'm fine with it. I'm very comfortable with who I am. I do believe I have swag. Uh, Why does that say swamp? Oh, no. Okay, I'm actually back. You don't know this, but I just took a break because one of my cameras failed or the battery died. I've one, two, three, four. I've got about five cameras going. There's a lot going on here, but I enjoy the challenge. Anyway, so these apologies, they're, they're just not, they're not sincere, but I was looking for a concrete example of somebody being canceled that we could prove should not have been canceled just so I could make this point. And it was given to me in a documentary called Cecil Hotel, The Vanishing. Cecil Hotel. It's a hotel in downtown Los Angeles. It's in Skid Row. And it's it's been involved in a lot of controversy for almost its entire existence. Uh, Ramirez, I think the Night Stalker, he, he stayed there. A lot of serial killers have stayed there. A lot of crime. There's been... Um, I, because of where it is and who it catered to at different periods in the hotel's history... It would cater to residents of Skid Row to come in for a few days and and then criminals and there'd be drug transactions and murders and overdoses. And it's quite a fascinating hotel. I've known the history for years. And then this this woman disappeared, this Canadian woman named Elisa Lamb. And this was several years ago. I remember the story happening uh, in real time. And I've asked friends who lived outside of L.A. They didn't really hear that much of the story, but... In January 2013, uh, 21-year-old Elisa Lamb, she was a Canadian tourist student, she came to Los Angeles and she stayed at the C.D. Cecil Hotel, which they had rebranded part of the hotel, not Cecil Hotel, but Stay on Main. It made it sort of like hip for like travelers and backpackers and, and people like that. But they didn't know they were staying in this horrible, horrible hotel. And they had to share the elevator with all these different people. And unbeknownst to her, she didn't know that. Plus, you're in Skid Row, which I guess takes up like 50 square blocks in downtown Los Angeles. I don't even know how that's possible. That's a whole nother discussion for another day is the homeless problem. Unfortunately, we have here in Los Angeles. And I don't know how how we can take care of these people and, and make everybody happy. But that's not what I'm talking about today. 
Um, but what happened was this woman, she went missing. She was staying in the hotel alone and she was exhibiting sort of bizarre behavior before this. She had had roommates and because I guess there were group rooms. I remember doing that when I stayed in hostels and in uh, Europe. You would stay in a group room with like eight people and share a shower in the hall. And that's what she was doing. And she was leaving sticky notes on other people staying in the same room, either threatening them or telling them to leave. Just really bizarre behavior. And the last footage they have of her, this is where it gets weird. And when the internet jumps in, and I didn't know there's an entire group of people called um, sleuths, investigation sleuths. Is that what they're called? Web sleuths. That's it. It's web sleuths. So there's a whole group of people that inject themselves into a crime story and they're going to solve it. And some people have done this very successfully. And some people are probably more qualified to do this and they should do it. But then there are these idiots that just make their own conclusions. And what you're going to see is somebody was falsely accused and mathematically could not have murdered this person. But the web sleuths, they don't know this. They don't know this because they don't have all the information. And they attacked this guy named Morbid. Morbid was, he's a death metal musician. He's from Mexico and he stayed at the hotel and he made a video. And it was, you know, with, listen, not my kind of music. A lot of violence, maybe violence towards women and killing. And they jumped on this guy. They said, this guy must be the killer. And I think he even talked about killing Asians. And Elisa Lam is Asian. And Japanese media picked up on this guy and the media or the websites going after him and destroyed him and destroyed him. I mean, listen to this. Ready? This is just I should have played this as an intro to this whole discussion. At a point when you get so much hate. This is morbid, by the way, talking about um, being attacked on the Internet and getting so much hate and how it destroyed his life. Ready? At a point when you get so much hate and just negativity. There's something that breaks in your mind. Something clicks. Like after a while, you just, you know, so much you can take. Like you can't defend your life, your music and art. And I mean, no matter how strong you are, you feel powerless. I got in a very bad place. I, I guess I just had a meltdown, and I, I did try to take my life and uh, just wake up in a psychiatric hospital. You hear that? It destroyed his life. He was he considered suicide. He was admitted to a psychiatric hospital. This is not a joke. This isn't a joke when you attack people. These are real people, real human beings. And I'm not too sure you would like to wake up and be accused of something by people that don't really have the facts. This really, really angers me. And this documentary angers me. It was irresponsible because they floated this story out here of this guy, Morbid, and how Morbid could have been a killer for almost the entire series just to create tension, which wasn't fair to Morbid, who had already had his life destroyed. This is a very simple documentary, or it should have been. should have been one episode. 
And I could tell right away what was going on. And I want to read, uh, this is Mark Cyril's. He's uh, CNET, he's uh, the, the, the publication CNET in Australia. And I was reading reviews because I wanted to know what happened to this guy Morbid. And this is what Mark wrote about the documentary. And I agree with him. And if I had thought about it, I would have, I would have connected with him before this podcast and had a conversation because he seems to be on the same page as me. This is his review of Cecil Hotel, The Vanishing. It's bad. And not just bad. The vanishing at the Cecil Hotel is bloated, dull, and confusing. It's irresponsible and dishonest. Indulging conspiracy theories that put already vulnerable victims at risk. Okay? He continues. Nothing's compared to the treatment of Pablo Morbid Vergara. And I'd like to talk to this guy, Pablo. I'd like to have a conversation. If, if by any chance you hear this podcast, I'd like to talk to you. Because you deserve to be heard. And he says, Pablo's a death metal singer bizarrely caught in a vortex of baseless speculation. After stumbling across a YouTube video of him documenting a stay at the hotel, Internet sleuths took it. Is it Internet sleuths or web sleuths? Upon themselves to accuse Morbid of murdering Lamb and dumping her body. I'm just going to tell you, because you don't have to watch this documentary unless you want to know what an irresponsible documentary is. She ended up dead. Well, obviously. Yeah, dead. And they found her in a water tank on the roof of the Cecil Hotel. The Cecil Hotel had three water tanks, and she was in it. And the police searched the hotel many times with dogs and the roof and never found that body. How did they find that body? How did they discover because people complained about the drinking water tasting funny and being a, a, a brown color. Do you understand what I'm saying? They were brushing their teeth with water mixed with decomposed body. And the whole documentary is whether she could have climbed into that tank herself and put the lid on that they hinted the entire time that the lid was back on and you'd have to take the lid off place it to the side so how could you place this heavy lid to the side and then put it back on when you're in the water why well, I, I came up with a way that you could do it you could partially open it and go in and sort of you know have the thing fall down but here's the thing i noticed because i watch enough documentaries that they never said conclusively that that lid was on it was reported The lid wasn't on. And she could have gotten onto the roof, which was locked by a fire exit. And they went up into the roof. Some people like the internet sluice who actually went and stayed at the hotel, they figured out that there was a way to go up this fire trap, uh, fire exit, like uh, ladder, external ladder. And that many people have done it because people party up there. And there are empty uh, beer cans and probably drug paraphernalia. But these internet sluice, They don't have the information. I want to play uh, this clip. I put together like a bunch of clips from the documentary and and I'll talk through this so you can sort of get a feeling of, of, of what this morbid went through and why taking it upon yourself to solve a crime 
which you don't know all the facts. It was irresponsible. I'm just trying to find the clip. That's where I'm sort of my thought is going uh, all over the place. Okay, found it. Now, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm, I'm thinking, why is this any of my business to even know how she died? People die every day. Why are all the details of her life? Because it comes out that she had bipolar. She was bipolar. I don't know if you call it disorder. Bipolar anxiety. It used to be called uh, anxiety. Uh, She was bipolar and she was taking medication for bipolar, which wasn't released, which again, is none of my business. It's none of my business that this, this woman from Canada, Vancouver area, was taking medication for bipolar, but now it has to be released and there's an autopsy. This life sucks. It sucks. There's no privacy. But I was thinking, why is this anybody's business to solve this, to be involved in it? Let the police do their work. Let the police work with the family. Let's figure this out. And if it isn't solved, life goes on. Not everything has to be solved. Not everything is perfect. And I got news for you. Probably a lot of deaths you think are natural probably aren't natural. A lot of bad shit going on in this world. That's all I'm saying. Let's listen to this. This is this is audio from the documentary. And I'll stop it as we go and sort of, you know, walk you through this. I wanted to set the record straight and just... This know, is more just- of it. He wants to set the record straight. Okay, you're going to find out very shortly why Morbid could not have committed this murder despite his life being ruined by internet sleuths. Defend myself. So, you know, I made a video where I said I'm innocent. This is Morbid. I wanted to This is Morbid talking to a video. It doesn't help that he does this, this character when declaring his innocence where he's wearing a mask and talking oh, this is this is weird. I didn't do it but this is him talking about defending himself after waking up one day to thousands of accusations that he murdered somebody imagine that imagine you stayed at a hotel somebody died at the hotel and now you're uh, and I don't think he even knew somebody died at the hotel and now you're You're being accused falsely. And I can say falsely in this case because it is mathematical. It's impossible he killed her. You're going to find out why. And this is why cancel culture may have gone too far. Loving that we're canceling certain people. People that uh, hold power over people, that hurt people, have sex with underage people that have have non-consensual sex, drugging people and having sex with all these murdering people, people that are horrible people, people that ruin other people. But maybe, I'm just saying, it's time to maybe think a little before you, you, you jump on the hashtags and jump on the moment. Think, well, I wasn't there. So let's let's give this, how about this? Let's give it a day and just see what comes out before we just call uh, people discuss because I've seen it happen I've seen it happen to people I know and by the way don't ask me what I think about this comedian that's been canceled or that person I wasn't there 
I don't know. I don't hang out with that person. I know as much as you know, and I know a lot less than, than a lot of other people know. And you just don't know these things unless you're there. I'm going to, I'm going to play a discussion later about uh, the history of canceling in Hollywood. But let me continue with this clip from the Cecil Hotel uh, documentary that's on Netflix. I am not recommending it. But the web sleuths, they wouldn't let it go. They wouldn't let it go. Flagged my account and I ended up getting my YouTube channel, my Facebook account, and my email account terminated. So he, uh, they, they all attacked him on the internet. He had all these videos where, you know, you know, metal music. It's, I don't know it well, but, you know, they put on makeup and there's blood and gore and they're chasing people through the woods and, and killing them and slashing them. Listen, they're slasher movies. This is, this is a genre and people like it. And this, he's an artist and he's expressing himself this way. And, and thankfully it's through music and not through action of actually doing this to people. That's one way to think of it. And they flagged him. They flagged his accounts. And so this guy who's 100% uh, falsely accused of murder now has his YouTube taken down, uh, his email taken down, and his Facebook taken down. Uh, Let's let Morbid continue. Being truthful doesn't matter to them. They want to destroy you. They hate you. Being truthful doesn't matter to them. They want to destroy you and they hate you. There were just, you know, false accusations, death threats. Death threats. Every day, every week. There was no escape. At a point when when you get so much hate and just negativity, there's something that breaks in your mind. Something Something clicks. Something clicks. Like after a while, you just, you know, so much you can take. Like you can't defend your life, your music and art. And I mean, no matter how strong you are, you feel powerless. I got in a very bad place. I I guess I just had a meltdown and I I did try to take my life and uh, just wake up in a psychiatric hospital. Do any of you um, internet sleuths that attack this guy, do you feel bad? Do you feel responsible? Have you apologized? Like, it seems like it's really easy to ruin somebody, but it's, they have to live with that forever. That's not, his life will never, never be what it once was. It can't be corrected. There's no, there's no undoing this. That's the tragedy. And I understand these Internet sleuths think they're doing a good thing, but you got to be careful. The way of sleuths go on with their lives like nothing happened. But, you know, they really turned my life upside down. I do feel like I have lost my freedom of expression. I actually haven't made any more music. And uh, when I try, it's not the same. Do you hear that? That's a man who's broken. Probably make better music now. This man's life was ruined. This life isn't fair. But our energy should be battling nature-made things like COVID and cancer. Not dealing with this shit. I'm trying to rebuild my life and everything, but it sucks. Yeah. Every day. 
It's never going away. <laughs> and um, I have to live with it for the rest of my life. It's going to be there for the rest of my life. I remember some bizarre thing where the web sleuths were trying to connect Elisa's case to some singer in Mexico. But all I can say is that he's not involved. I can understand how the web sleuths were trying to do the right things for the right reasons, just like we are. You get addicted to it, the challenge of putting pieces together, the excitement of being on the chase. But in this case, they were getting further and further away from the evidence. All of the background information that's used to rule this out. Who, who just said that? I've got it in my notes somewhere. That's one of the, uh, I believe, police officers. Uh, it's either Tim Marcia. Um, shouldn't whistle into a microphone. That wasn't very professional. Um, yeah. I can't find the notes. Let's just continue. Accident is not necessarily made available to the public. So that? I think that for people on the internet, you really don't have the full story in front of you. You, you don't, don't have, have the full the story in front of you. You don't have the facts. But I was never charged. Nothing. Listen to this. Listen to this. He was never charged. Do you want to know why? Let's let him tell it. Let's let's and then let's ask the producers and the director of this documentary why they let this story linger for so long in the documentary before they revealed this. Later on, I realized that I was being accused of being the killer just because the web sleuths found a video of me that I posted on the internet when I was staying at the Zizel Hotel. This is the video he posted. I'm here in the Cecil Hotel, downtown LA. Cecil. I was there in February 2012 for three days, and that was it. It was one year prior to when Elisa Lam checked Are in. Are you shitting me? Do you hear what he just said? He was there a year before Elisa Lam died. He wasn't even in the hotel at the time. But they didn't research that. They didn't look at this video that they decided was evidence that he killed this woman who turned out she wasn't killed. But they don't know that because they don't have the facts from the police. He wasn't even there. He was in Mexico at the time. The video he made was probably dated a year before. And then he has proof he's in Mexico. Ready? One year prior to when Elisa Lam checked in. And when she died, I wasn't even in the country. I was in Mexico working on my album. Nice job, internet sleuths. Honestly, failed. You ruined a guy's life over a video he made, which was art and expression, we accuse Picasso of murder because he makes paints faces and the, the eyes are all over the place? Do we accuse him of dif- disfiguring people? And he has proof he's in Mexico. I have contracts from the recording studio. I have stamps on my passport. And even though I have all these, the web sleuths, they show me the way I look. 
and that's what triggered them. I mean, it, this is unbelievable to me. So this gives me the right to attack cancel culture on a level. You have to understand I'm for cancel. I know some people hate that expression, cancel culture. I actually like it. Anyway, I, I just find this entire documentary irresponsible. And, you know, I the whole time they, they let you think maybe because they show this footage of her in the elevator and she's acting very strange. Like she walks into the elevator, she hits all the buttons, then she sort of hides in a corner, then she peeks her head out, then she goes back in and hides in a corner. And like, is she running from somebody? Is she possessed? Is this hotel haunted? Is she on drugs? There's so many rumors. I I, I knew what was going on. I said this. This woman's having a meltdown. I knew right away. And how do I know that? Because I've seen this behavior on a date before. Warning. <laughs> what? You can't say that. What do you mean? I. You can't joke about mental illness. I, I'm not joking you about can't joke mental about illness. Bad dates. I, why not? I just. What can I joke about anymore? I'm just. I'm just trying to make a joke. Don't you understand? Does everybody? What, the world's gone crazy. You just can't. What can I say? What can I do anymore? I'm not making fun of mental illness. I, I actually dated somebody that had bipolar. I'm empathetic. I understand it. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm just saying I've seen that type of behavior before, so I knew what was going on. I knew I was... Don't you Don't you understand what just happened? Only made a joke. Yeah! what it's come to is this what it's come to every time i make a joke i have to i have to button it with this with a sound effect and let people know is that what the world has come to is it that do i need to get out mr mr hand mr sock puppet hand puppet i still don't know what its name is do i have to get the uh, i know i know what uh Hold on. I don't, I gotta, my, I'm trying to get my ventriloquism, uh, uh, down, down. Uh, Mr. Uh, I, I knew what was going on on that day. No, I knew, I knew. <laughs> so much going on in my head. I, I knew, I knew what was happening, uh, to that woman in the elevator. Why's that, Mr. Hand Puppet? Because I've seen women act like that on dates, and it's she was having a breakdown. Mr. Hand Puppet, Winnie, what? You can't say that. I didn't say that. Mr. Hand Puppet said it, and I'm about to yell at Mr. Hand Puppet. Mr. Hand Puppet, you can't say that. Uh, let, let Heather tell you why. Maybe not. You can't joke about mental illness. That's right, Mr. Ham Puppet. Joke about bad dates. Stupid, Mr. Ham Puppet. What kind of date are you going on anyway? I haven't even ever seen another uh, Miss Miss. I've never seen a Mrs. Ham Puppet or female version of you. Stupid, Mr. Ham Puppet. 
You can't make fun of mental illness. Hey, um, audience, I want to apologize. Uh, Mr. Hand Puppet, um, uh, it was wrong, and he will work to do better in the future. And then the dumb audience doesn't, doesn't, get, doesn't, get, now they're not angry at me. They're angry at Mr. Sock Puppet, because Mr. Sock Puppet said something inappropriate, stupid Sock Puppet. You know what, ventri- I, was, I, 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 I was like, what? I want to make sure I'm saying ventriloquism right. So I looked up the word, and then, that me- then I said, I wonder what the origin of the word is. And then next thing you know, I'm reading about it. And so I think Wikipedia said it best. Originally, ventriloquism was a religious practice. The name comes from the Latin for to speak from the stomach. Because you're throwing your voice, and you can tell I'm very good at that ventriloquism, whatever I just did. The noises produced by the stomach were thought to be the voices of the unliving who took up residence in the stomach of the ventriloquist. Well, that's exactly what just happened. Well, not me. That, the, the, the bad stuff is Mr. Ham Puppet. But sometimes I do, f- I do feel in my stomach and in my gut, I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit coming to me and saying, you, you need to tell, you need to tell the people uh, about cancel culture and that you need to be more responsible. Sometimes I'm just sitting around and I can just, I can, I can hear the voice of the Lord. Just sitting, sitting there thinking about this stuff, and I hear. Yes, it's the Lord. Lord, is that you? Yes, it's me. Why does it sound like me, but talking through a a toilet paper uh, roll? The Lord speaks in mysterious ways. The Lord speaks in mysterious ways. I think you mean the Lord works in mysterious ways. No, I'm the Lord. You stupid humans changed it to to works in mysterious ways. What do you mean we're stupid? Aren't Aren't we the higher species, the most intellectual species on the planet? We couldn't get it wrong. Then what are you glue your hair with gorilla glue to your skull with, Mom? Good point, Lord. That wasn't me, Lord. That was actually Mr. Hand Puppet question you. Hold on a second. What are you talking about? Can't... Lord, are we really that dumb of a species? Stupid Hand Puppet, don't question the Lord. How dare you? Buddy, the Lord has a message. The Lord needs you to take this message and bring it to the people. This is as important when I told the people to stop, drop, and roll when there was a fire. And I gave that to somebody to get out to the people. I need you to let the people know through parody, through satire, that maybe cancel culture has gone too far. Do you think you can do that? Lord, I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. I'm the man. I'm the man that can deliver this message to the people. You've found the right man. But before I do this, Lord, can I ask you one question, please? Yes, but don't make it too deep. It's Sunday and I'm resting. It's Sunday fun day. What, Lord? You celebrate Sunday fun day? Yes, I have for a long time. I can't believe it took you stupid humans to figure it out in the 21st century. You should have figured it out when you left the Garden of Eden. Stupid humans! 
Lord, you're starting to sound more like me. <laughs> but I, I have a message. I know I can let the people know that this has gone too far. I can let them know that that cancel culture. There's my Boston accent. That cancel. Lord, I feel it in my bones. I feel a message. I feel it through song. I can feel my blood boiling with notes. And I think I can sing it to the people and let them know that this has gone too far. Lord, I feel it. I feel a message coming out. My tongue's going to sing notes out of tune. But the words are important, and that's all that matters. You did to my tongue what you did to Bob Dylan's. Canceling time. Open all your browsers and let your opinions into the world. Canceling time. Turn all of the lights out over something perhaps controversial. Canceling time. One last call for their career. So finish your thoughts for everyone's ears. Canceling time. You don't have to be right, but you can be heard. Here we go. to cancel next I know who I want to cancel next I know who I want to cancel next take them out bring it down canceling time time for you to be judge your executioner and take them Wow, 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 canceling time. Let's all react first till your brothers and your sisters pounce. So gather up your hashtags. We'll inquire next month. I hope you have put them to an end. Canceling time. Every new beginning comes from some other person's end. All right, let's do it one more time. I know who I want to cancel next. I'm just waiting. I know who I want to cancel next. I'm in front of my keyboard. I want to ruin someone's life. I want to cancel them next. Cancel next. Thank you. Go fund me. It's over! Lord, did I do you proud? Thank you, Lord. Lord, did I, did I, did I do well? That was unbelievable. I think your voice out of tune actually made it more comical. Thank you, Lord. Hey, before... Bef- before you go, I, I wanted to ask you that one question. But please don't, don't ask me about the meaning of life. It's it's too heavy for a Sunday. I would I would never do that. I have a I have a much deeper question, uh, f- f- for you, Lord. Do you um, do you know where I left my charging cable? Uh, what city? I, I, it's been driving me nuts. I, well, I, I came home from a trip once, and my charging cable for my computer was just missing. It was driving me nuts. That's the one question you wanted to ask the Lord? 
No, Lord. Don't you see what just happened? <laughs> yeah. You created me. You don't even get my humor, Lord. If if you, the Lord, don't get my humor, nobody's ever going to get my humor. Lord, do you subscribe to my podcast? Do you subscribe? Could you write a review for me, Lord? Could you do something, please? Please, Lord, could you help me out? If you're not listening, nobody will listen. My last video where I tried to cancel Tootsie Roll only got... Like 500 views on YouTube. Isn't that pathetic? How pathetic am I, Lord? I'm putting all this time into this production. I'm writing all these these bits. I made a, a, I have a cashmere sock I made into a puppet that's missing its mouth, Lord. What? Where's the mouth? The puppet's mouth is missing, everybody. Lord, I want to ask you that question. Where's the puppet's mouth? Lord, please. Okay, if that was a joke, ask me the question. Lord, is it true no matter how much I diet? I'll never have a flat stomach and a six-pack. That is correct, Woody. <sighs> Great, that just frees up so much of my brain now that I don't have to think about that. I can just be a few pounds overweight and flubby for the rest of my life. I will now accept me for me. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. This is now one of the most bizarre episodes... <laughs> What's wrong with the one he has episode 20? Uh, I'm enjoying it, I think, until I listen to it and then say, maybe I can't release this one. Wow. Wow. I spoke to the Lord. I spoke to my a hand puppet today. I've, I, I mean, a song came out of me about canceling culture. I mean, what more is there? What more is there? Just want you to know if uh, you want to keep in touch with me, please email me at what's wrong at orneyadams.com. What's wrong at orneyadams.com. I'm on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. You can go to my website, orneyadams.com. All the uh, links are up there. All the links for this podcast are up there. I mean, it's pretty easy to find me, you know? So uh, I hope you do. I hope you subscribe. I hope you uh, take some time to let other people know if you enjoy it. And uh, and and I will keep going. I will not have time to uh, discuss the Phil Collins. I, I'm sorry, but we're at an hour now, and I still have uh, a conversation that I want to play with you about the history of canceling in Hollywood. Because this is not something new. This has been going on for a long, long time. I'm going to throw it to our anonymous Hollywood expert to give us a little bit of history on canceling. Absolutely. Well, you know, canceling is nothing new, although maybe at the rate it's going on now it is. But the first person that I can recall Hollywood ever canceled was a guy named Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. His nickname was Fatty. He hated it because he was 266 pounds, but it got him into silent films. Anyway, so there he was, the biggest star ever, okay, in like 1916 to 1921, making all these silent films. So in 1921, Labor Day, he decides he's going to go 
up to his favorite hotel in San Francisco, the St. Francis Hotel. This is right after he had wrapped three films in a row. And might I add, he was making $250,000 a year when the average family only brought in $44 a week. Yes, and he was actually the first movie star to ever make a million dollars in a year. Continue. Okay. So anyway, so he's at the St. Francis Hotel with two of his friends. The three of them went up. They rented three rooms, the penthouse of the St. Francis Hotel, the 12th floor. Anyway, they had a big party. It lasted three days. It was a prohibition. They had booze, women, uh, just a a fun time, okay? But Mm -hmm. there was never any issue about anything illegal except for the booze, of course, but just a wild time. And people said that uh, Arbuckle was in his pajamas the whole time, just kicking back, you know, it was relaxing. One of the guys brought in a girl and two of her friends. The girl's name was Virginia Rapp, okay? R-A-P-P-E. Oh, yeah. Some people call it Rappé. So they bring in Virginia Rappé. And next thing you know, Fatty Arbuckle goes into uh, his room, uh, locks the door. uh, He said for privacy. And he... In his bathroom is Virginia Rappe vomiting. She's sick. Okay, she's really, really ill. This is this is the story according to him. Well, this is what happened. Yeah, according to him. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you where the st- story deviates at the locked door. But he was, said he locked the door for privacy because he was going to get changed. And uh, there he discovers Virginia Rappe vomiting in the in the bathroom, which most likely was, he assumed, from too much booze, right? She was, mm-hmm. you know, heaving it. So anyway... Uh, he gets changed, and he goes on a car drive to Napa. Okay, he leaves because he figures he's just got this. Okay, you're missing the point of the scandal. This woman is very sick. Is very sick. She dies. Right. Okay, so this is how we should start the story. Okay. Okay, the first person to be canceled in Hollywood is Fatty Arbuckle, who was accused of murder, went on trial three times, lost all his Hollywood contracts. Uh, At the time, he was the biggest silent movie star. He discovered Buster Keaton, and he was friends with Charlie Chaplin. We're not going to start over. Just keep going. Keep going. I just want the listeners to understand why they should be hooked into this story. It's a fascinating story. He was like the biggest star at the time. Right. And if you watch his old clips... He's really talented. Right, right. That one clip where he's cleaning the window in the car, right, right, and right. it's like really precise, and then he sticks his hand through, and it turns out there's no window. This right. guy was great. Right. So he was accused of murder, put on trial, not once, not twice, but three times okay. for the same murder, uh, right? Yeah. So continue with the story. Continue. Right. So the first Hollywood cancel that I can think of is, is a guy named Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. No, no, we're not starting over. We're going to keep oh. this. It's great. You're, you're telling the story. Great. Oh. I just wanted to hook him in. So continue where you were. So he leaves and he goes oh, to the, yeah, to Napa. Uh, uh, okay, so he leaves and he goes to Napa, okay? Comes back to Hollywood. One of his friends said, uh, uh, did you hear Virginia Rapp died? Mm-hmm. And, he, and next thing you know, he's being arrested for her murder because one of the girls that came with her said that she said... It's a motorcycle. She said that... <laughs> <laughs> or an earthquake, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, know, right? Did you feel that wind a second ago? Oh, it please, blew the I entire know. trailer. Yeah, well, this place yeah. is... Anyway, okay, it's so go, it's, this is a very interesting story. I, I Continue. So anyway, so this woman, her name was Maud something. She said that uh, Virginia what? told her before she, before she died that he killed her. Right. Okay. Make a long story short, uh, there's three trials for him. Mm-hmm. The first one ended in a hung jury. Right. Ten people were for acquittal, two were for conviction. Right, ten to two. The second one uh, ended in a hung jury, okay? 
Then finally, the third. And that one was two to ten. The other way. The other way. That's yeah. True. And do you know why? Uh, one woman was uh, a holdout, wasn't she? No, they decided not to put Fatty Arbuckle on the stand oh, right. for that they decided, trial. That's right. So right. The first trial was on the stand. And this trial went fast. This was within a few days. Well, the, and this was all over the newspapers. Right. Well, well, the, the event occurred, uh, the, 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 quote, crime occurred on Labor Day weekend. And the whole thing was over by April. They had had, had three, three trials. Mm-hmm. So finally, the third trial ended... Uh, with an acquittal, right? Very quickly it came right, back. Right, very right. quick acquittal, and not only an acquittal, but an apology from the jury. Right, a, a huge apology, saying uh, somebody the fact that he was done wrong, and we hope that the public takes him back again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, from the moment he was arrested, when he found out Virginia had died. The police came arrested and Maud says that she said uh, that Virginia said that he killed her, he killed her, he killed her. From that moment on, his 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 contract was canceled, mm-hmm. his salary was canceled. Zucker, his, right? Yes, his his life was canceled. <laughs> Wasn't his name Adolf Zucker? Adolf Zucker. Yeah. He was screwed. I mean, right. this is the guy who had the biggest house, the biggest car, and the biggest world in Hollywood. He was he was he was it. He was Madonna, Not only and that, Michael but he, Jackson, and, 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 and Tom Cruise all rolled into one, you he, know? And he was discovering young talent, which is what, what was beautiful. Keaton, Chaplin, all the great silent mm-hmm. stars. He discovered Bob Hope, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. This was a guy who was doing great things, a good guy. What did he, they do in the third trial, which turned it around? Which could not happen today. Would well, not be allowed okay. today. Now the, well, <laughs> I mean, it probably, probably does go on, but, you well, know. Well, okay, the thing that they did... That I I have to be honest with you. I I cross referenced it a million times, and I could only find it from two sources. The thing that they did in the third trial was was they brought out Virginia Rapp's bladder because she she yeah, they died did. of a ruptured bladder. Right. The coroner report. This is okay. This is this is uh, very interesting. Uh-huh. So he was accused of murder. Right. And. During rough sex well, and his weight, because he was fat, they're saying his he ruptured her spleen or bladder. That's right. That's what the that's that's what that's, that's what he was on trial for. Yeah. He was on trial for being fat. And he, by the way, he hated being called Fatty Arbuckle. Right. I know. He hated being called he, Fatty. He used to say, "I have a name," you know. Okay. So, but the thing about it is, he was on trial for that. But in his defense, no, she did not have her clothes off when they found her. He just. He carried her from the bathroom to the bed. He immediately called his friends. And the reason why the door was locked was because he didn't want anybody coming in because he was going to shower, et cetera, after three days of wearing pajamas. You know, God knows. He yeah, it was, it was like, it was supposed alone. to be like complete debauchery. It was like an orgy. Oh, it was, it was terrible. Like, oh, yeah. they, they messed the whole rooms up. I mean, if you see pictures of it online, you'd think there was a war in there. It was, you know, there's broken <laughs> chairs and stuff. It, it, some people say that was a bit of a setup for the cameras because you have to figure that this is also a time when that yellow journalism, that William Randolph Hearst, that sort of national inquiry explain what yellow brewing. journalism is it's extreme journalism it's what you see at the counter of, of the supermarket mm. you know it's those tabloid journalism right. it's you know when they say you know uh you know alec baldwin is dying and they take a bad picture of him or something you know it's you know what i mean it's just that extreme journalism it, it's it's uh and what they did in the third trial the defense 
And the studio kept hiring. I, I actually, I, I think he owed seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in legal fees by the, the time. End, was, yeah, right. And he, he was borrowed almost, money from Buster Keaton. No, and, it was a yeah, and Chaplin, and uh, he ended up directing a film as a pseudonym, which I think was actually his real name. No, or? no, his pseudonym at the end when the whole thing was over yeah. was William B. Good. And do you know what he what he was credited as? Is Will be good. Mm-hmm. Will be good. Isn't yeah. that funny? Like, yeah. like, but on the third trial, they brought out her character, Rappe's character, and right. she was considered a woman of loose morals. Well, uh, uh, which is what? Let's just call a whore. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a whore for the studio, and in fact, uh, she they shut had to down, close down the yeah. studio because they had to close down the studio of because STDs. of STDs. She was spreading around the studio. Yeah, they, they, they quarantined so- the place and sent anybody, everybody home. To yeah, got better. It's a fascinating story. The guy is truly, truly talented. If you watch it, but we don't really know what happened. So, according to we don't, but we don't. But, be, I don't know why this hasn't been made a movie. I'd like to executive produce this movie, The Fatty Arbuckle Story, because I, mean, I think it's really interesting. I mean, the amazing thing is what really got the third, the third, uh, tr- what really sold the jury in the third trial was bringing out her bladder and showing the damage that a life right. of booze and drugs. You have to also remember. And plus, I thought they were going to say syphilis. Couldn't syphilis... Just because I know that, like, I've read about prostitutes going blind or not prostitutes, but syphilis right. sufferers sure, and stuff yeah. like that. Sure, yeah. Eventually, it, it gets into your brain. It's called tertiary syphilis, and it will kill you. That's what eventually kills you with syphilis. But uh, when they brought out a bladder, they showed the bladder of a woman who, quoted lived a life of debauchery. Right. Do you know what I mean? And they also was there also was a rumor that she had had a, an abortion prior to right. her going to the St. Francis, recently prior. Um, but that, in most accounts i read that 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 was sort of uh not proven to be correct right but she definitely was a a lady of questionable uh character and she was uh you know she liked to sleep around she used to have a good time but i have to say Mm -hmm. you have to know what the 20s were like out here it was a it was a town fueled on cocaine drugs hooch you know wild times i mean you see the that flapper the dancer yeah. you know all she that. looked like a flapper in the, yeah. in the pictures and stuff they like that they had a great time it was like right. almost a hundred years ago that this, mm-hmm. that this that this this quote crime occurred right and cancel 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 you know they destroyed a man they destroyed this guy who you know you have to go by what the the third the third the third uh you know any group of jurors said they really apologized to but the we guy. don't we, nobody really knows what happened but it is sensational that this guy is overweight and crushed a woman to death during rough sex but if but they're saying she was a prostitute there's other people saying never, never had sex there's a lot of hearsay there's a lot of uh you know we mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. don't know for sure it, it just sucks because right. you want to watch his work and say this guy was a genius like he was super likable mm-hmm. and it, he was a big guy who had such control over his body almost like a john belushi john belushi was a big guy but his physicality was just amazing yeah they say he could jump and tumble in fact in he his used audition to fall he, off t- of- he did cartwheels or, yeah you know for and they hired him right away max senate he became a keystone cop which yep. were the 20 sort of ridiculous cops that would run around with and he got hired because he was fat. They because he was, fat he was the only fat guy. He was a funny fat guy. And then it, this must have killed him because he died at age 46, a- which age was a few years later. And they said it was only the day, a day after he had been signed to a, a contract. No, it was the day of. Was it the day of? The night yeah. of. The night right. of. Yeah, it was like yeah, the night yeah, of. He, he signed a new contract. He was mm-hmm, back in mm-hmm. and he just died. But his ex-wife even came to his defense uh, because the studio said in order to make him look good, he should get back with his ex-wife. They'd been separated for five years. Right. And she, she came. She, she still 
had a lot of respect for her ex-husband, Fatty, and she came to his side and she lived with him through the trials and whatnot. It's a sad story. We don't really know what happened, but all we can say is two hung juries, an acquittal with an apology on the third. By the jury. The jury upset this man deserves Mm -hmm. an apology. And we also know that the newspapers made an enormous amount of money that's on right. this story. That's right. And that's really... Media, media, media. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. You know, on this episode... they epi- say it, it's true. You can't mm. unring the bell. Right. And I, and, and I just feel like there's a lot of people right now that are just jumping to cancel people. And they're just excited to just jump on a hashtag and destroy somebody without really investigating it. Mm. And that's where I get torn because there right. are plenty of people that should be canceled. Whether Fatty is one of them or not, I don't know. I wasn't there. I would right. love to write a movie about this. Yeah, I'd love to do it. Fantastic. I don't know why it hasn't been done. I and know. if some asshole is listening right now and steals this because it, it is a fascinating story that people haven't been reminded of in years, I'm going to be really angry <laughs> because I, I'd like to do it. Right. I, I'd like to do it. But yeah, there's a lot of canceling going on right now. And I think there are a lot of people that should be canceled. But there's some, you know, questionable. And, and you know, we should sit back and, and deliberate and, and think about it. Did you see the documentary on the Cecil Hotel? No, I've yet to see it. I'm okay. sorry to say. No, I have yet to see it. But I will say one thing. I've seen a lot and read a lot in the work that I've done before about old film. And the 20s were an fantastic time here in Hollywood you know it was just it was like a a rose just starting to open up you know its scent hadn't even been released yet absolutely anything else on that paper because I see you got got a lot no I just had the actual statement from the jury but suffice to say what is the first line of the statement from the jury read it acquittal is not enough for Roscoe Arbuckle we feel that a great injustice has been done to him we also feel that it was only our plain duty to give him this exoneration under the evidence for there was not the slightest proof a, a douche I'm sorry I, I can't have my glasses on connected well, they're right to in him. front of you put them on oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to thank you uh, right, really thank uh, you. Uh, unbelievable story and uh, it fits in perfectly with the theme of uh, episode 20 what's wrong with Orny Adams which is all about you know this cancel culture is it is it healthy is it not healthy you know if that becomes your life trying to ruin other people's lives uh i'm just asking questions and once you say it you can't unring the bell yeah you, know, you can't the damage is done done thank you thank you <clears throat> clear my throat thank you anonymous hollywood um, reporter for uh, What's Wrong with Orny Adams. This is episode 20, uh, and it's not over. I, first of all, th- I want to thank uh, Heather for doing the uh, Orny told a joke. Yeah, Orny told a joke. You'll be hearing this a lot on the podcast. It's just too good. Yeah! Yeah! Joke right there! There! Yeah! Yeah! Stop it. She's remarkable. I I uh, reached out and I said, listen, I think it'd be great if we took Joan Jett's song, uh, Do You Want to Touch Me There, and do Orny Made a Joke. Yeah. I kept hearing this in my head as I was walking around my house. I'm like, Orny Made a Joke. Yeah. Orny Made a Joke. Yeah. And sh- the turnaround is a- amazing. So please uh, support and follow uh, on Instagram at Heather Rains. Uh, Heather, spelled like Heather. Don't tell me I have to spell it. H e 
A-T-H-E-R. Then this is where it gets tricky because her last, uh, the last part is reigns. So there's another R. So now there's two R's in a row. So some of you might type Heather and then Ains, thinking that the R is... No, two R's. Heather, then Reigns. Now, is it spelled like rain? No, that would make too much sense. She has to spell it this exotic way. R-A-Y-N-E-S. I don't even know. Maybe that's her real name. Maybe that's her middle name. I don't know. But... uh, that's Heather Rains. She is a talent. She has a great voice to the point where that uh, I took that song closing time and I made it canceling time. And that's uh, Semisonic, the group Semisonic. And it's a song from 1998. It's written by Dan Wilson and produced by Nick Lanay. I'm just saying this for legal reasons because I made a parody of it. Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> it's weird, weird Orny Yankovitz over here. Mr. Song parody all of a sudden. But I wrote those lyrics in about 15 minutes, and then I recorded it. Oh, and I loved recording that song, and I'll tell you why. And then we got to get out of here. It's, we're already, we're over. I'll tell you why I loved it. I did about 11 takes, and I realized pretty quickly it wasn't getting any better. <laughs> you know, I kind of suck at singing. And it was so freeing because I was like, you know what? it's never going to be perfect, so I'm just going to put it out there. And I wish I could feel that way with my comedy, but I can't because I know the more tweaking I do, I can always make my comedy better. I can always. It's never done. My comedy is never done. It can only get better. So like even with this podcast, if I did this tomorrow, if I dared to do a take two, it would be so much smoother, so much better. But it would lose something too. It would lose the organic first time saying it. it there would be so many moments. So you, you can't win in this lifetime unless you suck at it. And I suck at singing. So I actually enjoyed making the song parody because I suck at it. Isn't that great? If I had sucked at, at comedy, I could have enjoyed my life a lot more. But that's not my, that's not the case. So I'm up all night obsessing about it. So I really, really enjoyed doing that and putting a time limit on it and saying two and a half hours, that's it, I'm done. And then I send it to Ernesto and I'll tell you something, the guy's a magician because if you listen to my version that I mix, you can barely hear my lyrics. He really mixed that well. So thank you, Ernesto Rotato. Thank you, Heather Rains. And thank you to the anonymous uh, Hollywood, um, uh, is it reporter? That, that, that's a publication. It's a correspondent. It's the anonymous Hollywood correspondent for what's wrong with Orny Adams. This is episode 20. I'm going to take you out with a treat. Okay. But I want you to keep in touch with me. I want to, uh, I want to interview, interview, inter- interesting people. If you know this guy morbid or, you know, people that I should interview, please, please let me know. Email me directly, directly at what's wrong at orneyadams.com. I'm not, I can't respond to everything. It's like Instagram, but I'm seeing it and I've got other people helping, but send me, you can send me audio clips too, if you want me to play on here or suggestions. Many people have given me documentary suggestions. I'd like guest suggestions and please, please keep listening because I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I want, I'm doing it for me first, but I'm hoping that as a residual, uh, you enjoy it. And I'm going to give you a treat because I, I challenged Heather. I said, man, you are so talented. Can you take this song? Can you school me? 
Can you school stupid old Lorny on how to sing? Because he's not that good. He's actually probably the worst people uh, at a karaoke bar. Good or bad. So this is what Heather put together. And what a beautiful voice. So, uh, and again, I'm sorry that uh, I wasn't able to get to the Phil Collins stuff. And a lot of you probably don't know who, who that is. But I'll continue to research it. And I'll actually be more prepared for episode 21. I'm committing to episode 21 because there's other things I want to talk about. Like, I want to talk about what's what's wrong with me hating globes. You know those globes that you, you see in offices? I hate them, but I don't know why. And I have other stuff I want to talk about. Like how old television is is what podcasts have basically become. But enjoy the sweet voice of Heather Raines. Canceling time. Open all your browsers and let your opinions into the world. Canceling time. Turn all of the lights out over something perhaps controversial. Canceling time. One last call for their career. So finish your thoughts for everyone's ears. Canceling time. You don't have to be right, but you can be heard. I know who I want to cancel next. I know who I want to cancel next. I know who I want to cancel next. Take them out. Canceling time. Time for you to be judge, jury, execution, make them done. Canceling time. Let's all react first till your brothers or your sisters pounce. So gather up your hashtags, we'll inquire next month. I hope you have put them to an end. Canceling time, every new beginning comes from some other person's end. Yeah, I know who I want to cancel next. I know. a little violin, Heather. How exceptional is that? I was going to sing along, but I I didn't want to ruin it. She deserves to be heard. And she was the voice uh, correcting me, telling me I couldn't say that. You understood what I was doing there, didn't you? I was creating a controversial moment. And man, did we, uh, we really, we delved into that about what is wrong with a man uh, insinuating that a woman might be crazy. But listen, wonderful. Episode 20, What's Wrong with Orny Adams, is in the can. That's show business talk for done. Episode 21, I'll talk about Phil Collins. 
Orny, Orny, Adam. Woo! Oh, I'm going to start day drinking now. Yes, we do. Wow. And I'd like to apologize to everybody out there for everything I said on this episode. And I will do better in the future. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, Lord. What? What? Uh, uh, I just want to... I get very emotional when these are done because it's just I put a lot of time into it. But I want to bring this down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Ernesto Hurtado. And thank you to everyone that's listening. And, uh, you know, pass it along. Share me. Uh, and have a wonderful week. Thank you. Only made a joke. Yeah. Only made a joke. Yeah. Only made a joke. Right there. There. Yeah. Only made a joke. Yeah. Yeah, Orny made a podcast right there. There, there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bringing that down. We'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody. My name's Ronnie Adams.